going to start a little bit differently this morning, church. We're going to start with a song. Would you just rest in the promise of Psalm 23 this morning? When I cannot see And when I can't take another step Lord, would you carry me When I've lost my fight Will you be my strength Will you set me a table In the presence of my enemies I shall not want I shall not want Oh, my soul's got a shepherd in the valley, and I shall not want. I shall not want. I shall not want. Cause my cup's running over, running over, and I shall not want. Eyes to where my help comes from. And I won't be afraid of the shadow cause I've seen the sun And I will not stop when the way gets hard Because the green only grows in the valley and that's where you are I shall not want, I shall not want Oh, my soul's got a shepherd in the valley, and I shall not want. I shall not want. I shall not want. Because my cup's running over, running over, and I shall not want. I got everything that I need, your goodness and your mercy. I got everything that I need, your goodness and your mercy. I got everything that I need, your goodness and your mercy. I got goodness and I got mercy. Hallelujah, glory, hallelujah. I got goodness. And I got mercy, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah. Oh, I've got goodness, and I got mercy, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah. The good shepherd, he leads me to the Hallelujah, glory, hallelujah. He anoints me, anoints me with his oil. Hallelujah, glory, hallelujah. Now my cup is, my cup is running I 
will fear no, I fear no evil. My soul's got a shepherd in the valley, and I shall not want. I shall not want. I shall not want. He will wipe every tear from our eyes, and I shall not want. Well, church, would you go ahead and stand? I'm going to read from Isaiah this morning a quick verse before we begin. Um, this, is, this is the Lord speaking through his prophet Isaiah. He says, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they should be like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best from the land. I don't know about you, but I read that and I'm encouraged that I don't have to white knuckle my way to my salvation and righteousness. The Lord asks for a willing and obedient heart. And uh, so I don't know, I don't know what you've come in um, with this morning, what kind of heart or mindset or attitude you've come with. I know that uh, myself and my band here, which includes Pastor Brian's uh, son-in-law, Richie. Thanks for being here, Richie. Excited to worship together. I know that we yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and give him a round of applause. It's exciting to have something new, right? Um, we're excited about that. But um, we've come and we've prepared our music. Uh, but that doesn't, doesn't really mean much else other than hopefully we won't make quite as many mistakes. But hopefully you've come in with a willing heart to worship our Creator. You see, this is what He desires. He desires willingness and obedience. He desires our hearts to be coming and just saying, I'm all yours, Lord, however, however you want to use me in this life. And so we come here gathered as believers to tell God how awesome he is in this place, right? And so as we, as we move into these next songs that we're all going to sing together, would you, would you open your hands, church? We're going to, we're going to pray before we sing in hopes to kind of bring our heart to that, that, that posture of obedience before the Lord. Let's pray together. God, you are awesome. And we're here to tell you that. 
Maybe some of us have come in with, with a difficult week, or maybe some of us have come in forgetting who we are and whose we are. And I ask now that here in this space, God, that, that you would remind us, remind us that we're your children, remind us that you desire a willing heart. God, would you remind us that our salvation doesn't come through us just striving and white knuckling our way to earn our righteousness, but God, that's already been bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus. Thank you for that pray that you'd help us in this service to just be open to however you want to move. God, we love you. We give you the praise. Come set your rule and reign in our hearts again. Increase in us, we pray. Unveil why we're made. Come set hope like wildfire in our very souls holy spirit come invade us
God's kingdom. We hope and pray that our lives are marked by gratefulness. Let's continue this morning. Always right to applaud our King. Always right. The life you gave, your body was broken, your love poured out. 
You bled and you died for me there on the cross. You breathed your last as you were crucified. You gave it all for me. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Hallelujah, what a friend. Hallelujah, King forever. We thank you for the cross. ground sealed in the darkness lifeless laid the frame of the father's son in agony he watched his only son be sacrificed he gave it all for me Savior, hallelujah, what a friend, hallelujah, King forever, we thank you for the cross.
it can wash away my sin nothing but the blood of jesus and what can make me whole again nothing but the blood of jesus Father, we sing those very well-known words this morning. Lord, the truth is not lost on us today. There is nothing, nothing but your blood that sanctifies and saves us, Lord. And there's no one else we want to rely on this morning, Lord. It is only by you that we are here today. It's only by you that we have voices to lift today, that we have air to breathe, that, Lord, that we are here this morning because of you. Nothing but the blood of Jesus is what we live our life on. And so, Father, this morning, we just want to thank you. It's a feeble attempt at something so glorious that we can't even wrap our minds around. But, Lord, we just want to thank you today for who you are, for what you do for us, for, Lord, who you want to be in our life and for who you continue to be in our life.
thank you for this time this morning. Thank you for the ability to sing and to lift our voices and to hear the voices of those around us. God, I pray that as we lift our voices, maybe there's someone here who just needs to sit and listen and to hear those voices lifted to you. God, may we be the support that each other needs this morning through you, through your power, through your love. Lord, may we hear what you would say to us today through Pastor Brian. Speak to our hearts. We're listening. We want to hear from you this morning. We want to continue to bask in you today, Lord. Thank you for all that we have because of you. It's in your name we praise you. Amen. You may be seated. I hope that we don't miss the intentionality which God has put together our service today. Wow, hope you enjoyed that worship. Beautiful. may seem a little bit uh, Easter-esque in our worship and in our, the word we're going to share today, but I hope that as we go through our conversation this morning, you'll see that Thanksgiving is often birthed the empty tomb. Uh, boy, what a week. Anybody ready for spring yet? Uh, I, I, I um, have had enough of this already. But uh, we've been talking about what it looks like to have a blessed life, what it means to be blessed. And even in weekends or weeks such as we've had weather-wise, there's still many reasons for us to count ourselves among the blessed. We talked a couple weeks ago how the blessed life begins with us understanding and recognizing the very important principle, this principle of firsts, of, of giving God, bringing to God rather our, our firsts, the first fruits of our lives, giving back to Him what is already His. And when Pastor Robert Morris shares this principle and this idea behind it, that everything comes into order in our lives when God is first. When God is not first, life tends to fall out of order. Last week we discussed the second principle in this conversation of the blessed life, this one of multiplication. Learning to live beyond the pluses and the minuses of life. Recognizing that God can't multiply what isn't first given to Him. When we let go of the things that we think we need, the things that we depend upon, and let God have control of them, all of a sudden we begin to see life through His eyes. And not this life of pluses and minuses, but rather one of multiplication. We won't even get into this idea of exponential growth. That, that'll come much later. But we've answered, we began, began answering this question, what does it really mean to be blessed? We find that answer in Scripture, Psalm 84, verse 12. We read, O Lord Almighty, blessed is the man who trusts in you. The ultimate blessing is found in a relationship that's built upon trusting in God. Straightforward, to the point. So what we're going to be discovering, what we have been discovering together these last couple weeks, is what it looks like to trust Him. And the true measure of a blessed life, as we're going to discuss today, is ultimately found in how we then give thanks. Back to the God who blesses us. How we express to Him our gratitude, our appreciation. Now this week, you're going to see a lot of things with Thanksgiving. There'll be a presidential pardon of a turkey this year. Don't you ever wonder what they do with those turkeys? Are they on some presidential pardon turkey farm or they just get to live life to its fullest as whatever that means for a turkey. Perhaps you'll see Charlie Brown on television. He'll be serving up his annual Thanksgiving dinner of popcorn, uh, of pretzels and toast and jelly beans. And whether you sit around a ping pong table or a dining room table, we will pause this week to appreciate those sitting at the table with us and remembering those perhaps whose seats are empty. It's a time of reflection. 
time where we do finally eventually slow down. We get out the family recipes. We even tweak them a little bit. Now, don't touch Grandma's secret recipe, right? They're, they're, they're secret and they're good. They're, they're repeated every year for a reason. Yeah, we just can't help ourselves sometimes, can we? Trying to add our own little touch to, to whatever that might look like, whether it be green bean casserole or, or sweet potato pie, or even the way that you cook a turkey. No matter how you would recognize this time, that this week, that we set aside to give thanks, as we begin this week, I want us to pause to dig a little bit deeper. Maybe look at the recipe of Thanksgiving a little differently. When I was a teenager, some of you may remember these, there was uh, this kind of fad, these posters, picture books that came out. They were kind of holographic images where it would look like this picture of just uh, repeating patterns. But if you looked at it a certain way, then, then out from the page would jump this image, this picture. I had a book that was a space shuttle. I had one with animals. I had a big poster in my room that, that had different kind of designs on it. But there were some people who, no matter how hard they looked at the picture, they could never see the, the hologram. They could never see the image kind of leap off, off the page. You know what I'm talking about, right? Some of you do. Younger guys, you may not understand that. But it, it was kind of fun. And you kind of had to look beyond the image, if you will, kind of refocus deeper into the image so that the picture would jump out at you. And, and what we're going to talk about today is very similar and looking at Scripture differently. We're, we're going to refocus. We're going to look at it a little bit from a different perspective, hopefully so that a new image can come out of it, something new for us can be seen. Perhaps you remember the movie Patch Adams, a Robin Williams movie that came out. Um, well, I won't even talk about how long ago it came out. But uh, he was a, 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 a man in medical school. He eventually, Patch Adams, founded the Gesundheit Institute in Appalachia. And it's, it's still in practice today. For, for those who need medical care, it's provided free of cost. But Patch Adams finds himself going through a difficult moment in life, kind of a crisis moment, frustrated at what he sees, or rather what he's not seeing. And he's struggling, ends up in a, in a mental ward of an institution, and, and talking to one of the patients, discovers the solution is found when you look past the problem. He was focusing on the problem in front of him, but his, his mentor encouraged him, helped him to look beyond the problem, that's when he was able to see around or see through what is previously an obstacle. So today, as we read into God's Word, we're going to do the same thing. Look past what we think we know, past our understanding, and get to the root of what God's Word reveals to us. It's a beautiful learning today. It was one in my own life that just kind of helped me with these kind of these mind-blowing moments. This is one of those messages for myself and I hope that you can take something with it this week as we get into the spirit of practicing gratitude. Luke chapter 22 is where I'm going to begin today, and that's where we'll end also this morning. And in Luke chapter 22, we find Jesus meeting with his disciples in the upper room, if you will. It's the night that he's arrested, and he's recognizing, celebrating with them the Passover. We read in verse 14, When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I vaguely desire to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again till it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine till the kingdom of God comes. This is a really important statement. This is a really powerful verse. It kind of speaks to what their practice of the Passover, but also speaks to the Easter story, which we'll get to in a few months. Taking the cup. There was an important designation about the cup. Take it among you, he says. But he gave thanks for the cup. 
continues in verse 19. He then took bread, gave thanks for the bread, and broke it. Gave it to them, saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And our black and white uh, printed Bibles are on your screens. No matter what, however you might be reading the text this morning, the original language tells us that Jesus gave thanks. But the original language in, in the Greek, the word that Jesus uses is eukotisteo. Eukotisteo is a significant word for us this morning. It's important for us to understand, and it quite literally means to, to give thanks or to be thankful. Simple enough, right? You're just looking straight ahead. When you look a little bit deeper, now we begin to see, I think, what Jesus is trying to communicate to his disciples, not only on this particular night, but even to us today. When you look beyond we begin to see the image begin to take shape. The inside this word, eukotisteo, there's another Greek word. It's a Greek word, charis. It's highlighted there on the screen in front of you, and behind me in front of you, charis. Charis means grace. Jesus took the bread and said, this is my body. Jesus took the bread and said, this is grace. This is my body. Thank God for it, he's telling his apostles. He's telling us. He took the bread and recognized it as the gift it was and gave thanks. Eucharisteo envelops the word for grace. It envelops charis. Charis is right there in the middle of thanksgiving. But if we look a little bit deeper, we then see another word. See, the usage of the word charis in this context captures something else even more significant. Inside of charis, we have another a derivative, another word, chara. Chara means joy. Inside of thanksgiving, we have joy. We have joy because of the grace of God. And because we have joy and we have grace, Jesus is telling his disciples, you can give thanks. All thanksgiving now is birthed out of the grace of God. It changes, I think, a little bit of how we look at it, even how we describe it, even the things that we are thankful for. One thing to be thankful for the stuff in our lives, but it's another thing to recognize that the stuff that we have comes from God. It's one thing to be thankful for the people in our lives. We then take a little bit deeper step, a little bit deeper look, and we realize that the people in our lives are gifts from God. Yes, even that uncle that maybe is annoying at times, the gift his grace is at work in our lives. And inside of grace, we, we, we find joy. And, and true joy, true grace leads us to true thanksgiving. Interestingly, in Scripture, we find it all revealed at the Lord's table. The Lord's table, that we find the source for being truly thankful. Ann Voskamp, in her book, 1,000 Blessings, writes... Deep charter joy is found only at the table of the Eucharisteo, the table of thanksgiving, the holy grail of joy. God set it in the very center of Christianity. Every time we partake of communion, we remember and we give thanks. Eucharist, as communion has become known, is the center of our attitude of gratitude. We cannot separate these two ideas, being truly thankful, thankful to our core, thankful with complete disregard to self, can only be found in the center of our communion with Christ himself. Outside of that, our thanksgiving, our being thankful, is superficial. It's predicated or dictated by our circumstances. It's impacted by the, what's going well in our lives and what's not going so well in our lives. 
We, we might find ourselves one day being thankful, the next day not. And that's because we're separated from our communion with Christ. When we put the two together, can't pull them apart. Simply put, the thankfulness that we express in our lives is a direct reflection of our understanding of grace. It's a direct reflection of how much of God's grace we've grabbed hold of. How much of it is real to us. But this is our understanding. Now thanksgiving goes a little bit deeper. Genuinely, we can thank God for all the amazing little blessings he's given to us. But all of them are found in the shadow of grace. We can begin to practice eucharisteo in our everyday lives. Even when life isn't going so well. We do live in a damaged world. We do live in a world that's dark. Many of us today carry scars from the wounds that we've had to deal with. Some are the results of our own actions, some because of the actions of others. Some this morning perhaps are anxious for answers. You may find yourself hungry for clarity. It's in these moments of uncertainty, these, these times of hurt, that God feeds us more of what he has for us, gives us just enough for today. We may not know what it is. We may not know how to go make more of it. We may not know how to repeat what it is we're experiencing but God satisfies. We lean into him. If we trust him, blessed is the man who trusts in God. If we trust in him, we truly learn what it means to be thankful. Even in those difficult seasons of life, God's paying attention. Psalm 56, verse 8, the psalmist writes, Record my misery. List my tears on your scroll. Are they not in your record? See, our God pays attention to us. All the time. In the good moments and in the moments that aren't so good. In those difficult moments. Those moments of struggle. And, and in scripture we read that God pays attention to our struggles. He keeps a list of our difficult seasons. And it's this list that changes everything. Voskamp also shares, it's love that makes God a list keeper of our brokenness. But it's also love that makes us list keepers of our blessings. We bring our brokenness and our blessings together. That's where communion happens. That's where grace is recognized and becomes real. We become thankful. when We're willing to acknowledge God's list, but also keep our own. It requires us to turn ourselves inside out. To look a little bit deeper. To look beyond what's right in front of us. To be fully thankful. For us to show you caught a steo, we must reach a point of vulnerability in our lives, a point of humility. To be truly thankful, we have to approach life's altars and lay ourselves down, strip away our own abilities and gifts, our talents and prides, all those things that are self-sourced, recognize that all the good things in our life come from him. Grace. In those moments, no matter what life might be throwing at us, we can have incredibly great joy. Not because of our circumstances, because who's with us in the midst of our circumstances. See in Luke chapter 17, pretty profound story of someone being thankful. Story of 10 lepers. If you were a leper in scripture, you, you had a, a, a skin disease, perhaps leprosy, it might have been some others, but they were all kind of lumped together. And you were considered unclean. When you, were, when you were determined as unclean by, by the priest, you weren't allowed to stay in the midst of everybody else in town or in, in city or even in your own home. 
there were designated places for lepers to reside together. And when you did go out and about, perhaps to get food or water or whatever you might be looking for, you had to announce that you were unclean. You had to walk around proclaiming and letting other people know what it is that's wrong with you. And we have a lot of people do that today on social media without too much uh, hindrance at all. They love letting people know what's wrong with them. But this is a very humbling way to live life. Some had to wear bells, and as they walked, you could hear the bells ringing. People would know that, that the bells was not the ice cream truck coming around the corner. It was someone you wanted to run away from and to avoid. It was very contagious. The only way that you could be welcomed back into culture, into society, into your homes, was to be found clean. To present yourself to the priest, who had, then had to look at what previously was there and determine if it was still present or if you were, in fact, cured. This particular day, there's ten lepers walking around together. They've heard about Jesus. They've heard of what he's done. They've heard that he's helped people. He's been able to, to perhaps intercede and, and to heal some. And, and they are out and about. They hear he's nearby. And scripture tells us that they are out to meet him. In chapter 17, verse 12, as he's going into the village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance. They had to stand at a distance, calling out Jesus. We have in our lives literally nothing to be thankful for. We are hopeless, we are helpless, we are graceless in this moment. We need someone to care. They go to this man that they've heard cares. Jesus, Master, they cry, have pity on us. When he saw them, he, verse 14 tells us, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. It isn't Scripture says he doesn't heal them right away. He says, go show yourselves to the priest. Take a step, walk to the temple. While you're still leprous, go and show yourself to the priest. Now, there, here's an act of faith. Here's where you have to decide. Here's where they have to make a choice. I don't know about you, but I wonder if I would have been so eager to just go. I'm looking at my arms and my hands. I'm holding on to my ear that's just falling off. I, I don't know. But I've got this, and I'm... I can't go yet, Jesus. I'm still unclean. I'm still not able. But here, Jesus, the one that they've come to for pity, the one they've come to for help, tells him, go. First one, can you see, kind of takes that first step. As soon as they start walking, Scripture tells us, as they went, they were a powerful message. Even, even in that, we won't get into that this morning. But that act of faith, that step that they took, then they were healed. Then they were cleansed. And one of them, verse 15 tells us, when he saw that he was healed, one of them came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. Luke chapter 17, verse 16. Threw himself at Jesus' feet and you caught a state. Thank you, Jesus, Master, for your grace. Look what he did first. He praised God in a loud voice. In this moment of receiving God's grace, this joy came just welling up out of him. He couldn't contain it. And he praised God in a loud voice, not a quiet voice. It's okay to praise God in a quiet voice once in a while. But there's times we need to praise God in a loud voice. We've gotten really good at keeping that joy kind of under control in us, right? And when we recognize what grace is, when we recognize from whom it comes and what it really does for us, I think there has to be moments in our lives where we cannot contain it. 
And we proclaim to all those who are nearby and who will listen the grace that we've received. How it leads us to the feet of Jesus. We are then able to thank Him. The all thanksgiving. All thanksgiving. Whether we're telling a friend or a family member thank you, all of it ultimately goes back to Jesus. Source of grace. All of it indirectly points us back to God. All of it is praise. All of it. This leprous man, which by the way was a Samaritan, which gives us hope because we are also of of Gentiles, of, 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 of rejected culture, mixed blood. Jesus came even for us. We could receive his grace. This leper isn't thanking Jesus for things or for stuff, but for recognizing, for noticing, for hearing, for loving those the culture had rejected. Eucharisteo. Something else powerful about it. Thanksgiving always comes before the miracle. They had to take that step of faith back to the priest even before the healing had occurred. And thanksgiving always needs to come first. It's that attitude, it's that spirit that puts us in the right posture to receive the miracle, to recognize those miracles in our lives. What are we walking towards this morning? How are we preparing to give thanks? When we talk about it, do we define it in the stuff in our lives? Or is it birthed out of the grace of lives? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, Paul writes this. Rejoice always, not sometimes, not when things are going well, not not when you're having a good day, not when it's 70 degrees outside. Rejoice always. Pray continually. When we pray continually, we stay in constant connection with God. It's much easier to be in communion with him when we're always talking with him. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks, Paul writes. You caught a steo in all circumstances. The good, the bad, and the ugly, Paul writes, continue to give thanks because it's in every one of those situations and moments that grace shows up. For this, Paul writes, is God's will for you, Jesus Christ. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. What a great practice for us to try and to, to do, to put into motion in our lives this week. We will all someday come into his presence. We will all someday come to his feet just as the leper did this day. Are we going to come praising God in a loud voice? We come come recognizing his grace in our lives? Come acknowledging the blessed life that we truly do get to live, walk with him. The Lord Almighty, blessed is the man who trusts in him. So when we feel alone or when we feel unclean, when we're tired and weary, when we're anxious or discouraged, we're in need or whether we're in want, may we be reminded this morning we all have a seat. Still today, shares the cup with us. He still today breaks bread and hands it to us. And as we receive it, we're to do as he did. Give thanks. We sit down at his table and experience his grace. The only acceptable response is to say, thank you. 
this morning, we want to invite you to his table. And and we're going to spend a few moments just reflecting and thinking about what it truly means to be thankful, to give thanks. And what better way to do it by sharing in communion together. Taking time to remember. A few moments we've done this before. We're going to begin just a time of reflection and worship. Amy sings. We're going to, starting in the back, invite you to come forward, receive your elements. Don't partake till we've all received together. We will share in communion with one another. Whether you're visiting with us today or wherever you might be from or wherever you're at, we look at this opportunity as one in which we get invited. Hey, this is an opportunity of God's grace. Yes, we remember and also receive. As we come, pray that you come with joy. Receive with great joy. As we leave, let us leave giving God a stand. Stand with me, please. Let me pray for us. I'm going to invite you to come and receive our elements this morning. Father, simple, isn't it? Help us today to look a little bit deeper. Look past what it is we think we know and understand. To see God. As we celebrate Thanksgiving and in our country today, as we talk about all across our country this, this week, this idea of being thankful, help us to know that it comes from you and the grace shed blood and broken body of Jesus Christ. Maybe we're having a tough time being thankful today. I don't think it's because we fail to recognize the stuff in our lives and people in our lives. I think, Lord, it's because we find ourselves perhaps not where we need to be when it comes to being in communion with you. What a great way in our week. What a great day to begin a new list. The first thing each one of us puts on our list as we count our blessings, we thank you, God, for the blood of Jesus, for his broken body, for the grace that affords, joy, Lord, that that brings. Thank you, Father. Pray today as we receive, we remember, Lord, we will so so, so easily and readily give you thanks. May we pray. Amen. Hear the good news. You've been invited. No matter what others may say, your darkest will be forgiven you always have a place at the table of grace the cup's never empty the plate's always full and it's never too late to come and be filled with the love the table of
Luke chapter 22. As he took bread, gave thanks and broke it, gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. You partake of his body today. Let's do so with Eucharist Deo. taking the cup he gave thanks and said take this and divide it among you for I tell you I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom comes this cup is a new covenant in my blood poured out for you as we drink let us do so our stale leaving his grace the joy that comes with us
Jesus is the only response we have in this moment. Thank you. Admittedly, Lord, it seems inadequate. It's all we have. Thank you for your grace today. And the joy that comes with it. I pray, Lord, this morning, this week, we would look a little bit deeper. We would see things a little bit differently. We would refocus on the right things. Truly be thankful. Truly give. Thanks. Celebrate, perhaps, for the first time in the right way. Thanksgiving. All because of your son, Jesus, whose name we pray this morning. I leave you with this, the writings of Paul, Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7 from the message. My counsel for you is simple, he writes, and straightforward. Just go ahead with what you've been given. You received Christ Jesus the Master, now live in him. You're deeply rooted in him. You're well constructed upon him. You know your way around the faith. Now do what you've been taught. Fools out. Quit studying the subject. Start living it. Let your living spill over into thanksgiving. God bless you this week. Let us go with hearts that are thankful and full, ready to share with the world who desperately needs them. God bless you. Look forward to hearing your Thanksgiving stories in days ahead. Have a great week.